Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 132 of the award-winning Eve's Drop Podcast. And eSports uh, Awards is right around the corner, so remember to vote for your favorite. Remember to vote for moi. Today we have uh, a guest that is not only a friend of mine, but a friend of the industry, a friend of Call of Duty, has been involved since early as I can remember, uh, Mr. Hilton Howell III, also known as the CEO of uh, Threes Up Enterprises, also known as the suits-wearing coach. The first, yeah, the first of his kind to wear to wear a suit to yeah. the coaches. I always thought it was important as a coach to, you know, dress the part. I see all these coaches in professional sports, you know, rocking suits. And, not all, uh, like uh, not, not not all, but, but but some. And I was I was young, so I wanted to, you know, portray myself as older, yeah. and more experienced. So you know, I, I rock the suit out there. Um, and now that I'm older, I wear less suits only when I need to. Yeah, same. And uh, you know. Um, I think that's kind of just the way it goes. I, you know, I was just a little kid trying, trying to make it in the esports scene, and uh, the suit kind of helped me talk to you know some of the older people and had them take me you know a little bit more seriously. Yeah, yeah. Now they have no other choice but to take you seriously. <laughs> uh, let's let's uh, let's start with with that. Uh, who who? Let, let, give me something. All right, so let, let's let's do the explanation of of who you are, how you got to this seat that you're sitting in right now. But I, I do want to touch a little bit on what it was like for you coming up in the scene the way that you did. Like, what was esports, Call of Duty esports, like for you back in those days? Well, it was kind of like the wild. And give me a, like what, what are you talking about? 2013. 20- this was 2013. Black Ops Two. Um, I really started, and you know, I started playing locally on COD Two. And then I was able to get Xbox Live and COD 4. And that was when I spent, you know, a good portion of my time. But I w- was so young that I was kind of nervous to tell my parents that I was gaming as much as I did. So, you know, once I turned 18, 19, that was about 20, 2013 or so. This is when Black Ops 2 came out. I went out to MLG Anaheim and I was coaching a team. And, you know, we went, we did, okay, it was fine. And then... I was gonna to go to my last event in UMG, which was UMG Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And living in Atlanta, being from Atlanta, um, I was like, yeah, this is gonna be my last one, then I'm gonna go back to school and probably never go to another gaming tournament for the rest of my life. And well, now about 100 events later, we're still here. Um, I think a lot of it was, you know, persistence and, you know, just working towards the same thing every day. You know, all of my free time and all of my waking hours that I wasn't doing school or work or something like that i was just grinding on coaching and you know it's funny now being with you know envy and optic uh i have pages and pages of notes on y'all's call of duty teams from black ops 2 just sitting in a notebook the same way that i'm sure rambo does today um but yeah just you know incredible persistence and really just not giving up you know Uh, just keep keep pushing forward um there's a lot of you know peaks and valleys um, in any form of business. So yeah. as long as you can push forward and continue to survive, yeah. maybe one day you'll thrive. Who, who was on your team back then? Do you uh, remember? Main shout out to Cam, Khalifa, uh, okay. Strife. Cinder uh, was one of my players at one point. Diabolic. Troy Cinder Michaels yeah. and Diabolic. And then um, from the Crossfire side, you've got Superman and what's now Baby Bay. Okay. Who is on phase, they're both on phase Valorant now. Yeah. 
Um, we've got a whole we've got a whole bunch of people: Lacefield, Miyagi, Cinder, Strife, Diabolic, Khalifa. So all these dudes played for you. Yeah, Baker. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, like and and I was I was telling you that I mean, we we spend a lot of time together now, but um, I, I was I was telling you this I think it, maybe like three weeks ago where I was just like, man, it's like it's crazy how things come full circle, right? Because yeah. I, the, the, you obviously made a name for yourself in early Call of Duty, wherein you know it's a, a, you stood out, right? The, yeah. name, the nameless play for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was the one that uh, unleashed nameless's Super Saiyan mode okay. when he when he really started going off, and yeah. then you know eventually helped. You know, lead him and and Embos to their first championship. So you, as you a coach. Embos played for you also. Yeah, when I was a coach on Unite, uh, it was Embos, Ricky, Haggy, and Nameless. Got it. And for everyone, pa- PAX East? For, yeah, pa- PAX Prime. PAX no, Prime. It was the one in Seattle. PAX um, West. Yeah, 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 PAX West. Yeah, yeah. And um, oh, it was Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> gave me this interview. He asked me like, "You want anyone you want to give a shout out to?" and I just totally botched the interview. I mean, I was like, yeah, like, you know, we're happy to be here. Super proud of the team. Um, he looks at me, he's like, you didn't answer the question at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it helped lead uh, some of them to their first championship. I mean, they're all incredibly skilled players and they didn't necessarily need a coach. And at the time, you know, there wasn't really too many coaches. It was pretty much me and Mr. X at yeah. the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm 0-1 against Mr. X uh, pre-finals, but I'm 1-0 against Mr. X in grand finals. Oh. Shouts out, Matt. <laughs> Shouts out, Matt Morello. Uh, bro, so so tell, tell me what it was like back then, right? Owning owning a team, what was it like back then, right? Like, what, what, what were your, like, number one worries, like, back then? <sighs> one, how am I going to pay the players? Two, yep. how are we going to bring in more money? Three, when can I find the time to create content? For where's the best route for this to scale into and what is kind of the future in the next 5, 10, 15 years? Um, I think what ended up being kind of the, I guess, kind of the downfall of it, which happened to probably a good portion of orgs in the Call of Duty scene was the franchising and everything. So once they announced the $20 million franchising, it was like, well, either I need to alter my focus or, you know, go out and raise money because naturally, you know, I'm 19 years old. I don't have $20 million. How old are you today? 28. 28. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah the, the league, but the league started four years ago, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Is this? So was, yeah. No, it was like 2015, 2016, somewhere in there. I feel like. 20, no. Well, that's, First, when, it, season that's, one, that's when the conversation oh, started. Oh, when the conversation started, that's in 2016. Yeah. That's, that's when the and, conversation started. And once started. it was announced, it was like, well, there's no point in me running a Call of Duty team for the next year and a half if I'm not going to be able to be in the league. Yeah. Because they didn't have some clear cut route for challengers. And I mean, they kind of still don't, but I wish that they had a better route for challengers. You know, I think it's super important to promote the AM scene. And, you know, when I kind of started Threes Up, the whole concept was, you know, try to give opportunities to players that have immense talent that weren't getting opportunities from some of the big name teams like Envy, Optic, et cetera. And, um, you know, we just kind of, we kind of ran with it. We made champs, Call of Duty championships, you know, I think two or I think three times mm-hmm. for IW, AW, and one of the other ones um but uh you know we didn't we didn't place too too crazy you know top top 10 top 12 yeah. something like that still making money which is you know for a small org is good you gotta gotta be able to pay the bills somehow yep um but yeah what is what is the um i, I mean obviously the you you mentioned everything that that you focus on as a as a team owner uh, as a team owner and it's still going on today right like right. how how do we scale how do we get more money? How do right. we get in 
continue to pay the players, how, you know, like all these things. It's easier now with investments. Yep. Uh, but at the time, you know, esports being so young, Call of Duty being so young. Yeah. Right. Like it was, it was a difficult, difficult task. Uh, what is um, if if you were to tell me your top three best moments from your career as a team owner slash coach, what would they be? Ooh. So. One would probably be when we won PAX Prime against Complexity, breaking their like 19 tournament win streak mm -hmm. and directly in the middle. So yeah. it's not consecutive. There is like an asterisk on their 19 win streak. Two, probably at that time being like joining FaZe Clan because mm -hmm. Tommy and Banks at the time and still to today are, you know, some of my super close friends um, and being their first competitive Call of Duty coach they've ever had. Yeah. Uh, and three... Uh, probably when we beat Team Fear and um, MLG at the MLG Studios in Columbus, mm -hmm. and it was a round eleven S and D last map, and we beat them to qualify for COD champs. Oh my god! And that was that was crazy hype. You sent Moho home, and you went yeah, to yeah, yeah. LA. That was <laughs> yeah, good. man, that was uh, that was super special, super special. Right, shout so, out, shout out, Joey, by the way. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, so you you take uh, you take a little bit of a break. Uh, when when franchising gets announced, you're like, you know what? Uh, it's time to sort of re pivot or refocus on something else. Yep. What 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 do you do in a situation like like what what did you do? So I graduated from college. Um, Where? Baylor University Shout in Waco, Baylor. Texas. Um, the Mean Green. Yeah, yeah. We just got basketball national championship about a year and a half ago. Obviously, not the most recent one. I, I know, I know. <laughs> they mess up a lot of brackets. Um, <laughs> But um, went back, you know, worked a, worked a few different jobs. I've worked at a lot of gyms in my life. I've done side projects kind of my whole life from an artistic side. And then, you know, worked at a couple different TV stations and a couple different corporate jobs. And then, uh, you know, have been following and watching esports for, I mean, I remember watching Fear vs. Envy in 07, 08 on GameBattles.com. Yeah. So, I mean, I've been you know, kind of in tune with the Call of Duty scene for a really long time. And I don't know, it's a massive passion of mine. And I believe that, you know, it's something in the future. When I was playing as a kid, my favorite part about video games was always, like, especially when I was like, you know, 12, 13, 14, it didn't really matter who you were, where you came from, et cetera. You know, I made this, you know, immense group of friends that um, I'm still super close with today. And, you know, when we first started our friendship, no one had any idea who anyone was. Mm -hmm. You know, you're kind of behind the keyboard. And, you know, you see that now in like Twitter replies and people are, you know, just keyboarding away. But, you know, I made some of my best friends today just by, you know, hanging out. No one knows who each other are. No one knows each other's names. We only know our gamer tags. And, you know, some of those people are still some of my best friends today, which yeah. is, I think that's so cool about video games. Um, and then once I started watching video games on Justin TV, I was like, oh, wow this is part of the future of, you know, some form of media. Um, and so I just kind of fell in love with it. It was like, wow, this is like, you know, basketball in the early days or like the NFL in the early days, you know? Yeah. And I always found that so interesting that, you know, it's the exact same thing as traditional sports. It's just in, also entirely different all at the same time, but mm -hmm. relatively it's a similar concept. It's just, you know, times and the age that we live in is so different now than it was then in the same way that, even the Call of Duty scene now is so different than it was then. Yeah. I mean, then it was, you know, we could yell, I could, you know, you could say, you could scream at all the other people. So, I mean, like, yeah. you know, I've had screaming matches with a few different people and half of those screaming things were, 
you know, almost premeditated to an extent. Cause like me and miracles that one time, I mean, we were talking about how we were going to go at each other on the way to the match in the elevator on the way down. And I yeah. was like, well, you can come at me. I'm, I'm the coach. So if you're, yeah. if you're coming at me, then my players are probably doing pretty good and you're distracted. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, yeah. No, don't, don't pay attention to Matt. Don't pay attention to Matt. Just... <laughs> we, we, we love Matt Craig here. Yeah, we do. Um, so, uh, you know, you, you mentioned that you're from Atlanta. What, you know, what was what was early childhood for you like? Like, how did you get into video games? So I started playing video games. My parents got me the first Xbox. I don't know if that was the first console that came out. I was probably on Game Boy or GameCube before the Xbox came out. So mm -hmm. I grew up playing, you know, Mario Party. One of my first games on the first Xbox was like Dead or Alive 3, um, Midnight Club 3 Dub Edition. Um, and honestly, just gaming. But I think probably at the beginning of the day was Pokemon. So it came out in 99. Um, that puts me about five years old and I started collecting Pokemon cards and playing their video games. It was probably the first video game I ever beat. And then I started kind of eventually getting to where I was like speed running it Got and it. or trying to perfect it. Um, and that was probably, that's probably the beginning of it for me. And then played a lot of like sports games, et cetera. I was never allowed to have Xbox live. Um, and then about right about right when call of duty 4 dropped it was probably the december of call of duty 4 drop mm -hmm. i was able to get xbox live oh and so i got xbox live whereas beforehand i was only playing at my friend's house how old were you around this time 2007 so i was probably 13. yeah and so i just got an xbox live at this point i don't even have a cell phone i just got xbox live and um i just started grinding call of duty which, which one was that? This was Cut 4. Cut 4, yeah. And I was playing a ton, and eventually this guy in free-for-alls was like, hey, you want to play game battles? And I was like, what is that? Mm -hmm. And he was like, you know, it's a site where you can compete with other people, uh, you know, for money or for just ladder points. And I was like, sounds awesome. Let's do it. Well, I joined a team with him. We went 0-19. Oh. Just right off the bat. Could it was like, be wow. Could be us, a, right, chat? Talk about, talk about a welcome wake-up call. Um, you know, a lot of time passes by, and... You know, MW2 drops, World of War drops. And by this point in time, I'm number one player in Georgia on mm -hmm. game battles. Mm -hmm. um, except for a guy named Noxide, who was number one. And then before he got banned for boosting mm. and his entire rank reset, thus making me number mm. one in Georgia. Got it. Uh, for Call of Duty points. And, you know, I was just kind of grinding the game battles ranks, trying to get up as high as I can because I was trying to get noticed by, you know, some of these big dogs. Like, like I remember, like, jcap was really big he was winning a bunch of the tournaments at the time jcap 415 i had played with scumpy back in back in the call of duty four days call like mw2 days we mm -hmm. since we were both like top 500 gb rank we would kind of pop on different teams during the week and yeah. then you know pop back to our main teams on the weekend little kid pops in you know still got a high-pitched voice he comes in we go like 11 and 0 on the day damn we we slay everybody yeah kid's an absolute animal yeah and you know then we all disbanded that that night, and that was that was that, and well, now scum scump, and now scum scump. I guess I'm me. You're you. <laughs> That's a fact. Um, so obviously, uh, you know, grow, growing up in Georgia, uh, Atlanta, was there was there any any like Call of Duty Land Center scene back in the day, or not really? The only event that I could think of at the beginning of the time, I mean, other than like you know a casual GameStop event. Um, you know, like a 2v2 or something like that for like a couple hundred bucks. Um, not really until, you know, UMG Atlanta in 2013. I think that was the first event that yeah. ever, you know, really came to Atlanta. Um, that being said, I was so afraid that people would think that I was, you know, kind of like a mega nerd mm -hmm. by playing as much video games as yeah. I do. 
Did um, you play any sports growing up? Yeah, I played pretty much a little bit of all the sports, um, but I knew at a pretty young age that there was no world I was going to be a professional athlete. I just kind of enjoyed it for, you know, the brother, like the brothership, the camaraderie, the, you know, the kind of the team aspect of, you know, everyone being together and working towards the same mission. Yeah. Um, but that's when, that's when video games came in. Cause I was like, wow. Yeah. You know, three months into playing call of duty. I'm like, wow, I'm better than every single one of my friends. So eventually I made a second account so that they wouldn't know that I was online. Yeah. And so I could start playing with people, you know, I met on the internet that were, that's actually a good, were. that's actually a really, really good tip for, for anyone out there. If you notice that you are better than the people that you love and you love playing with, but you want to take it a little bit serious, do what he did, get yeah. a separate account because if you, I'm not you, trying to be mean. Yeah, no, you run the risk of that. You run the risk of, of, of being perceived as mean. Yeah. You run the risk of, of almost blatantly telling your teammates that, one, I'm better. Two, I need better teammates. Yeah. Without disrupting the relationship because you still want to hang out with them. You still want to, yeah. you know what I mean? So, it's still my boys. Yeah. So that's that's actually, that's that's a that's a really good tip. But as soon as, you start, putting, as, soon as you start putting money on the line, I mean, it's like you can't be, you got you to gotta have everyone holding their own weight. Of course. Um, but yeah, I made a second Twitter and a, second you know xbox live account long story short now both of those are my mains mm. um and the other ones have all died so yeah. <laughs> um do interesting how that goes yeah so do you still keep up with the with those same oh all of them yes yeah. pretty much all of my best friends that i've known i've either known since four years old or 12 years old you know i was super fortunate to you know kind of i guess go to the same school growing up from like pre-k through 12th grade mm -hmm. so i mean the majority of my best friends I've known since I was four years old. Damn. Um, so, I mean, the trust is there, the loyalty is there. You know, we've been through, you know, the good times and the bad times together. Um, and that's super, I don't know, I think it's super unique. I, I didn't think it was that unique growing up. And then, you know, as I've kind of gone out into the world, you know, I find that it is super unique because so many people, one, it's hard to find people that you can trust. Two, it's hard to build friendships with people. And then three, you know, so many people have only, you know, People are like, yeah, I've known this guy for a really long time, and it's only been you know two and a half years, yeah. and I'm looking at, you know, I just had an engagement party for one of my best friends back in Atlanta, and like we've been best friends since we were four years old. So like that's been 24 years of friendship, and I'm 28, 28 years old. So, and some of the it other guys, you know, it is unique. I've known since I was two. I mean, it's pretty pretty surreal. I mean, I couldn't even form a comprehensible thought then. Yeah, it's it's uh it is unique uh, a lot. If you guys are in the chat right now, obviously this is live, but if you're if you're if you're watching, I think it is. So we're going to run the test right now. If you guys have friends, what's the longest friendship that you have? Just leave a number, seven years, eight years, 10 years. I've, I've been friends with my friends for over 25 years, yeah. right? Like that's like way, way, way back. Probably yeah. longer in, in some instances. But I, I, I too realized that, that that wasn't a common thing, right? Yeah. When, I, when I came into gaming and I would talk to Nate Shot, I'm like, yo, who you, who you boys and shit? Like, let's, let's, you know, let's, let's bring them out. I'm like, I would hope, let's say it was a barbecue or a party or whatever, I'd be like, yo, yeah. call your boys up and good. He'd be like, I'd say, yeah, I only, I'm only friends with like one dude. His right. name is uh, Juan or Carlos, a Mexican dude. And I was like, wait, I'm your Mexican friend. That's yeah. why I said Nate. <laughs> but, uh, but no, but he didn't have that, that many friends. Scump has like a group of three people that he's friends with. Yeah. Um, Matt, do you have any friends that that are like your friends for? So, oh, okay. So yeah. Matt Matt also has lifelong friendships, uh, mostly because his parents are friends with their parents. And yeah, that's and, how goes. and see some of that some yeah. of that happens with me as well. But then a lot of it happened with school also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. It's, maybe it is common. So I don't know. You, you guys, let us know in in the comment section down below. Um, 
you know, t- talking about, you know, Call of Duty, early Call of Duty and, and, and game battles and MLG, um, the vibe that we used to have at MLG events back then, do you think that that has changed as, as, as time has gone on because the the age group of, of the fan base have sort of has sort of become like the same legal drinking age right. uh, as, as the pros and is now like this this like massive thing because back in the day if you remember and you do I'm sure like it was like only people from the event were at the bars at the, at right. the hotel now everyone is right and that's the yeah. beauty of esports that you know people get to hang out with the people and more often than not and this is the cool thing uh, and I experienced this at the um, at the at the Halo event at the yep. Halo event in Raleigh, when we went there, everybody from the stands was, and I'm talking about the, the spectators were at the same bar, but nobody was asking nobody for pictures. It was just everybody was just chilling. Yeah, everyone's just hanging. But 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 I will say this: maybe it's because it's Halo, and Halo has been such a like a fucking tight knit community for such a long time yep. that people are just like people there they're just they're just there's no there's no uh way to sort of define who's a fan and who's a pro because everybody's just there minding their own business having you know like there's a yeah. group of spectators at a table getting drinks and drinking and over there you see fucking sentinels over there you see uh fanatic and all these other right. teams right out there um and that's it like everyone's par- parallel partying in the same in the same place yeah which i is guess pretty cool i guess this the the biggest thing is the whole space has kind of grown up as a whole, mm-hmm. and I think they, I think that some of the younger people see how some of the older people are acting, and they try to carry themselves the same way. In the same way that you know I was wearing the suits back then, yeah. um, looking at you know traditional businesses, and then trying to bring it into esports. Um, I mean, you know, when when me and you started in esports, you know, we were kind of like babies in diapers, and now we well, were, you were. Kinda, I was, I was well, still I, a I mean, baby. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the scene was like babies in diapers, and now we're like a fifth grader ish the fourth yeah. fifth grader yeah, yeah, yeah. you know we've still got a long way to still got a long way to go and we're still growing up but you know we're on our way and yeah. there's been some growth spurts but i don't think we've had you know i guess our biggest growth spurt yet yeah what do you think is um, missing i think it's just time i think it's partially a generational thing you know so many of the people that you know i guess watch esports as a whole or so much of the younger demographic and you know i think part of it like for instance like when I went out to, you know, our event at ESA or like the phase homestand at, at Gateway in Atlanta, um, like I've seen more and more infants showing up to events. Yeah. And like that was never a thing back yeah. then, you know. And yeah, some yeah. of those people that now have infants back then were like 18, 19, 20. And now they're having kids and the kids are going to the events in the same way that, you know, I grew up going to like an Atlanta Braves game or Atlanta yeah. Falcons game. Um I just think that the whole space and everyone that kind of grew up with, you know, some of, you know, like the Scumpies and the Nades and, you know, you and, you know, kind of all of Optic um, have just slowly kind of grown with the brand and, have, you know, as everyone in, I guess, in the company to a certain extent has, you know, matured, yeah. the audience also has matured to an extent. Yeah, the, the amount of people that ask me for uh, onesies and, and like toddler stuff for their kids, I'm like, yeah. you're right. 100 percent need to do that and we did at one point like very very early like i, I would say 2013 2014 when we got the the 60 50 house the, the the first optic house like yeah. we had you know toddler and baby bottles and bibs and yeah. like all this other shit but we 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 sort of went away with that and i don't know why because now would be like the perfect time now, because, now's the perfect time yeah now people your age right yeah. that were watching us very early on 
um, are now having kids and they need to have some of that. So yeah, and as I started getting invited, make a to note baby, of that, Maddie. Yeah, as I started getting invited to baby showers, like what else should I give them other than an optic baby onesie? Yeah, you know? that's right. I mean, yeah, yeah. Get, them, get, them, get them started. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, yeah, get them started early. This is the team, so yeah. this is who you support. This right? is who you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uncle Hilton's over here, so you better, you yeah, better yeah, say yeah. hello. Come on through. Come on through. Yes. When, when you when you get of age, I'll bring you to an event. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that's the other thing, right? Like I think with parental consent, a lot of people have been coming coming by, and and I I. I still have yet to meet the parent who has been a fan of optic for you know since he was 15 and now 25 right who has like a three-year-old a four-year-old that they watch our content with uh, there's got to be someone that's 100%. watching this right now yeah you know, pop in the comments if you if you've got a kid and you know you've been watching you know his content for a decade yeah, there's got to the be there's got to sure. be a few yeah I'm, I'm gonna need proof though okay? yeah i don't know you know tweet at me instead, yeah yeah, yeah exactly uh, tweet at me i get uh, i get uh, less uh, mentions yeah yeah <laughs> tweet at him he'll he'll notice it uh all his information will be in the description as usual but um all right. I, well, obviously, you know, there, there's still a lot of growth that needs to happen in esports. From your perspective, obviously, um, when, when did you graduate college? 2017. 2017. So you're about five years yeah, from five, five years, five years out of college. What what have you sort of learned about esports? I mean, obviously, you being an endemic of esports, being involved for so long, you, you, you see it from a different perspective. But since you sort of stepped away, not completely, but a little bit from the actual you know, inner workings of managing a team? Like, what do you think is still missing in the space? Everyone making content. Okay. It's probably one of the biggest. I think that's probably one of the best things that y'all have done to get to where you are is just kind of creating content. And, you know, you know, at the beginning of the day, there wasn't as much like content creators. There was just kind of players. And then, you know, people like Nate and Scumpy, you know, kind of came through. And, you know, they started making their own content. And, you know, they were the content creators and the players all at yeah. the same time. And I think that that's super interesting. You know, I think that that's probably one of the best ways to prolong your career in esports is, you know, because same as professional sports, you can't, you can't create, you can't like play professionally forever. You know, yeah. we don't know, you know, what the threshold really is. I mean, we haven't really seen it. We're experiencing it every day that goes by, but um, you're not going to play professionally yeah. forever. So, I mean, yeah, but, I that, think but that's, that's players and content creators. What do you think, uh, like, like the this, this scene? You know, like well, I think I think the content has a good portion to do about it because you need to grow the audience, and by the way to grow the audience is by you know kind of creating that content that reaches reaches a certain demographic, and then you know something in that content you know someone may connect to, but then a different thing you know someone else is connecting yeah. to, and you know everyone just wants to find some form of you know connection to something and something that they can you know feel at home with, and I think that's super important. I think that at the end of the day, I mean, obviously there's all kinds of business things that could be done. I mean. You know, you bring in, you know, companies of sorts that can help you scale and grow your business and have businesses under, you know, a brand of sorts. But, um, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, content is king. Um, and just kind of creating a way, because without the fans, I mean, none, none of this is Correct. anywhere possible. So, I mean, and I think that a good portion of the reason the fans are, you know, here today is because they enjoy the content and, you know, they can, you know, feel at home with, you know, some of the contents that, you know, all of, all of the, you know, the team puts out. Yeah. Um, you know, something that they can connect to, you know, feel at home with and, you know, just, just feel comfortable with. Yeah. You know, look, I, I, it's different. Like, you know, you're, you're with some of these like super famous people and I mean, Scump is for all intents and purposes, super famous. And like very. the way in which, you know, those fans come up versus like how I've seen it with like NBA players or, you know, artists and stuff like that. It's just so, it's so interesting. Different. You know what I mean? Cause they, yeah. like, I don't know LeBron James and I haven't seen enough content of him talking to where I feel like I know him. Mm -hmm. But if you watch enough of Stump's content, you might feel like you know him to an extent. You know everything about him. Yeah, you know everything about yeah. him. Yeah, um, I, I think, think that's those, super interesting. Yeah, I think that was one of the main theses, right? Like, you can't just 
you can't just expect people to support you if they're only seeing you when you compete. Right. And even when you compete, what if you don't get interviewed? Like right. you're just another, you know, player in there. Yeah. It it is it is up to it is up to the org and the individual to truly put themselves out there and say, "Hey, this is me." Yeah. I uh, maybe people relate that much that much easier and that much I don't know that the, the the accessibility that that you give yourself uh, to to the to the viewer is like priority number one has always been the thing, right? Like, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think I think uh, where we got it right, and when I say we, I mean esports and and just YouTubers in general, is that the popularity was never really a, a, as accessible as it is right now. Yeah, the only way you became popular back before the internet was either you were an incredible athlete that won nationals or yep. did this that and the other or if you were a movie star if you were on tv right but yep. now like everybody can be on tv and have their own show um that you know airs almost on a daily basis as, right. as or on a weekly basis as this podcast does um but yeah i think i think that is one of the things that if not the only thing that we not the only thing because we won a lot of championships but that is the one thing that 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 i think we did right and i you know as, as i try to think about those days i don't really think that as much as I had a, a vision and a hope, I don't really think that I knew word for word what the strategy was as we were building it. Yeah. Right? There was. There but I, think you, I think to a certain extent you did because I would upload a vlog. Don't go watch my vlogs. They're trash. But I would upload a vlog and the very first person that would hit me up every single time was you. Every single time. Yeah. And you're like, hey, keep uploading. And mm -hmm. I was like, okay, okay, okay. And yeah, then yeah. I would do it for a little bit and then I would get distracted and not be able to keep up and I'm terrible at editing and... Yada, yada, yada. But I mean, I think to a certain extent you did because not most people wouldn't even but see But by then, Optic was already Optic, though. By yeah. then, we had already had what, what is what you and I met in 2013, yeah, 14. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, when you were really starting, I mean, a lot of the things that you kind of helped start a lot of the things that existed. Yeah. So like Machinima wasn't a thing when you initially started and then, you know, a little bit into it, Machinima starts. Yeah. Which is when, you know, monetization kind of first became a thing and you created the network on the... On, yeah. uh, like in between YouTube, the creator, and then there's the network in the middle. Right. Um, so, I mean, a lot of that didn't even exist. You know, YouTube gaming didn't even exist. You know, Twitch was still Justin TV. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it, it, again, it was kind of like the Wild Wild West. It was like the entire industry as a whole was still kind of babies. It, yeah. it was like in the process of being... We're, we're, still, we're, we're, we're still there. Yeah. We're still building a rocket ship while we're putting it on. But yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. even more so then than we, than we are today. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's one of the main things that, that that attracts me to to Pine Park and 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 the cannabis industry in general, because as as much as it's popular, is not where it's going to be from a from a from a YouTube entertainment perspective, yeah. right? Social media perspective. Every single time that I talk to butt tenders, every single time that I talk to people in the industry, the number one thing I tell them is like like right now, all the mega influencers that you guys are trying to partner with, like they will exist they don't exist right now or they exist right now but they haven't become the butterfly that you need them to be right and this is applicable to anyone out there right if you are a butt tender and you are dealing with bud every single day yep. and you have an expertise in it that means that you can talk on it look at look at all the and and I know that one has nothing to do with the other, but in, in from a concept perspective, they do. Look at look at the fat the streetwear fashion sneaker industry right now. Yep. Right. Look at carpentry. Look at electricians. Look at like they're, they're so as long as you can educate or talk on a subject well enough and be presentable on camera, and sometimes that isn't even a thing that you need to be. Right. Like there's an, there's there's a there's a road for you to take and end up in a place where you are just going to enjoy life a lot better. Yeah. Um. Because. 
like I was saying, in cannabis, that's not, that hasn't that doesn't exist yet. The yeah. machinima of cannabis hasn't existed. The optic of cannabis doesn't exist. The well, Pine Park, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's existing right now, right? Right. But like all of these different mega influencers, Dope is Yola, Eric Khan, like these dudes are just now like they both have a million subs. That's right. ma- I don't have a million subs, but they do, right. and it's still so early. Yeah, so early. so early. And think about the amount of people that cannabis isn't even. Uh, able to serve just because of 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 it not being federally legal. So yep. you can imagine that the opportunity once it presents itself and once you like the content hasn't even been explored yet of what yeah, it could I be. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, and I'm sure that probably everyone watching this knows someone that you know partakes in some state that it's not legal at mm-hmm, some point mm-hmm. somewhere. And uh, I think I think it's pretty similar to the esports space to a certain extent because it's it's all it's all still so young. Yeah. I mean, you've got what is it like 10 or 11 states that are now legal recreationally 19 i think yeah Ni- 19 medicinally or 19 recreationally max 19th 19 or what how many legal states are there recreationally 30 30 medical 18 19 okay, so 18 recreational states. yeah so i mean it's it's getting there but it's it's still so young i mean it, it's only reached what is that i mean not even half of the u.s yet yeah and um I don't know the the house passed the bill to to you know decriminalize it across the U.S., which I personally think would be a good thing, just because and there's a lot of mm-hmm. you know people in jail that don't necessarily need to be in jail, and well, the jails are full, and yada yeah. yada yada. And I don't know if it'll pass the Senate. I'm not trying to get into politics in any capacity, yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, definitely definitely interesting. And I I think it's got a long way to go, and I don't yeah. even know if it's like it's kind of jogging, but it's still yeah. got a long way to run for sure. Yeah, I mean, we'll be away from cannabis for you know we'll bring it back, but I will say. Uh, the only reason I brought that up is because that industry is that young that I see the opportunity that I saw with gaming very early on yep. in this thing. And for me to just sit like, obviously. Yeah, it reminds like, me of the exact same thing. Yeah, if you look at Guggen, right, yeah. from fishing, if you look at Good Good, like there are so many. Like basketball is, is a lot easier. A ball is life. Like that network is fucking phenomenal. Like right. one of the one of the, uh, one of the most interesting uh, ones in, in, uh, in basketball for sure. Yeah. I think it was House of Hoops or somebody. Let me look this up. Uh, House of House of Highlights maybe just got bought out. Uh, actually, how about this? We're going to take a quick commercial break while I'll we'll, uh, look this up, and then we'll be back uh, with my man Hilton. One second. Uh, Hilton, give me a second while I say hello to the sponsors. Uh, really quickly, Honey, Shopify, and Upstart. Uh, I want to start with uh, Honey. What is Honey? Well, Honey is an application that is attached to your checkout page. What does that mean, right? Uh, when you go online shopping, what the basis of Honey is and what it does is that you go to your favorite store, uh, no matter where on the internet, call it Best Buy, call it Pizza Hut, call it, well, I say Pizza Hut because that's where Maddie introduced me to Honey so long ago. But what essentially what Honey does is, um, is it scours the internet for every single discount coupon that exists and then it applies the best one that applies for your region and the shopping that you're doing. Uh that's how we use it here, at least, right? Uh, because if you're imagine you're imagine you're shopping online for your favorite sites, right? When you check out, the honey button appears, and all you have to do is click apply coupons. Even if you don't have them, 
apply coupons will send a signal to Honey to scour the internet, as I just mentioned. And if Honey finds a working coupon, you can watch your prices drop right in front of you. Uh, Honey doesn't just work on desktop, though, right? It works on your iPhone, too. Uh, just activate it on Safari and your phone and then save as you go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out on tons of cash. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a favor and also doing the eavesdrop podcast a favor, right? By supporting this show. Uh, I never recommend something that I don't use, obviously, right? I've been in this industry for 14 years. Why do something that I don't believe in to, for what? Right to ruin what? Not this relationship. Not the Greenwalls relationship with Papa. Never that. So get Honey for free right now at joinhoney.com/eavesdrop. That is J-O-I-N-H-O-N-E-Y.com/e-a-v-e-s-d-r-o-p. That's joinhoney.com/eavesdrop. I'll put a link in the description, obviously, to make it super easy for you to just click, apply, install, and start saving. Shopify. First time showing up on the eavesdrop podcast, certainly appreciate it. Everything that we have ever sold, or I mean, the majority, let's call it 99% of the, everything that we ever sold, has been through Shopify. We are a Shopify user, we are a Shopify believer, and it has helped uh, our business, right? It's, it has helped Optic become what we became. Um, so yeah, now that that's there, let me tell you a little bit more about them, right? Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses. So upstarts to startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. What does that mean? That just because you sell t-shirts online doesn't mean that you can only use Shopify. You can also use Shopify if you have your own stand somewhere, whether it's an event booth or whether it's somewhere, somewhere. You can literally apply that to your PC and keep track of all of your inventory through Shopify. Believe me, trust me, right? For, for the longest time, Optic, as you guys know, we, we sold a lot of merch on different sites, uh, but it wasn't until we started to to use it here. The amount of analytics that also it gives you, right? It, gets, it, it allows me to know you better, uh, especially your sizes and what to buy. Like, don't buy that many smalls and definitely, definitely order a good, call it 15 extra, extra, extra large for my big boys. You know what I mean? My big boys need to be warm too. The quality won't be the same, obviously, as we've always explained, but it's still going to have the same design, the same look, the same feel. So that aside, again, uh, it is awesome, right? Uh, Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. Uh, reach uh, customers online across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and applications, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. You can synchronize all of your online and in-person sales in one place. You can gain, gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond uh, again more than more than a store shopify grows with you this is literal possibility powered by shopify and right now if you go to shopify.com slash e-a-v-e-s-d-r-o-p and i'll put a link in the description to make it super easy for you but if you go to shopify.com slash eavesdrop all lowercase make sure there's all lowercase for a free 14 day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash eavesdrop. That's E-A-V-E-S-D-R-O-P, all lowercase. Uh, and again, the link will be in the description down below. So one more time, shopify.com slash eavesdrop to get a 14 day trial. If you start today. Last, but certainly not least, we have Upstart. And you guys know I'm a big fan of Upstart because this speaks to 
every almost every single growing young adult and uh, early 20s, maybe even late 30s, all ages is what I'm trying to say, okay? Because it can be hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel when you have a high interest debt, and sometimes it can be even harder to ask for help because where do you go, right? That's where Upstart comes in. Saying goodbye to high interest credit card debt is one of the first steps towards financial independence and stability, but the interest month after month can feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of just paying down interest and not really getting ahead. Well, what Upstart does is that it gives you the ability to maybe consolidate all of those five credit cards with five different interest rate into one payment a month with one interest rate. To give you an example, let's say that you have four credit cards, all have a balance of $500, right? You can, and you pay, uh, you know, 7% on one, 6% on another one, 5% on the other one, 4% on the other one. Well, what Upstart allows you to do is they allow you, they'll give you a loan, right for two thousand dollars you can use one monthly payment to pay out whatever debt you just uh wiped out so it's it's super cool one interest takes everything the good thing about upstart is that it looks at more than just your interest rate uh we've all been there right seemingly i don't know where you get hit by an unexpected expense bill and when that happens it can feel like the weight of the world is coming down on your shoulders and it's not normal to not know where to turn. Luckily, Upstart is here to help as I just mentioned. Uh, it has helped over 1.8 million customers on their path to financial freedom. Uh, again, as I was just saying, it looks at more than just your credit score. So rather than looking at your credit score only, Upstart's model considers other factors like your employment, uh, your income, other information provided uh, by you at the loan applications like assets and all that will be discovered as you go along. But you can check your rate in minutes for loans between 1,000 to 50,000 thousand dollars without impacting your credit score okay so whether something happens or not your, your credit score is not impacted negatively by the check of this thing so you can receive uh, funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan uh, so don't wait and check your rate today upstart.com slash eavesdrop the link will be in the description down below uh, but i'll give it to you right now upstart.com slash e-a-v-e-s-d-r-o-p that is upstart.com slash eavesdrop to check your rate today don't forget to use our url our url to make sure that they know that the eavesdrop Optic Hacks has sent you there. So thank you for that. Uh, and thank you for the sponsors again. Uh, Honey, Shopify, and Upstart for sponsoring the podcast. Hilton. And we are back with my man Hilton. Again, shout out to uh, to Honey, Shopify, and Upstart for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, as, as I was looking, $175 million. And obviously, I did a quick search. I don't know if these numbers are accurate or, or, or who it is. But right. I, even if it was $100 million, like House of Highlights, again, it is, it is a... a I don't know. It is it is just a social media account at first. They just started out covering stuff that they were passionate about. Yep. And every every single business that I'm involved in, like, sort of follows the same exact model that we did with Optic. And the con the 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 thought there is that as much as we have a uh, a a media company, there's also a level of product that comes in situations like with Guggen, right? Guggen is not just a fish media company, right? right. Like they don't just cover outdoor content. They also have product that lives in brick and mortar and on, in, in e-commerce, right? Yep. Good, good golf is not just a golf media channel. It's also a products company that sells very high-end luxury apparel. Yeah. Um, and you know, it, it's it to me that has always been the the most interesting part about this thing. It's like how many times can one 
strategy be implemented and in how many different spaces can it work? Well, we know that so far it works really good in gaming. Yep. We know that it works really good in outdoors. We know that it, 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 in hunting and, and fishing and outdoors right. and also in sports. Obviously, as you see with House of Highlights, yep. as you see with, with Good, good, good as you see with yeah. Ball is Live. And, I, and, and I'm taking the same approach with Pine Park, right? right. Like as much as we are a, a very, very good very good premium flower company from a product perspective. I think that we still have um, the biggest opportunity for us is is what does the you know Pine Park media network look like when it's all said and done. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's super interesting, and I think one of the main I guess media companies that's kind of tap, tapped on that in any extent would be someone like Vice. From Vice like, is from good. Like that side, they've yeah, yeah. they've done a bunch of stuff over the last you know ten years or so. Barstool. That, yeah, Barstool's done a bunch of stuff. Um, but I mean, super, super interesting. And I, I do think that the kind of formula that I guess you've created across all of these different companies, you know, thus far, I guess, is technically 100%. I mean, you know, there's been, you know, peaks and valleys as with of everything. Course, but but I that's mean, everything. Yeah, that's that's life. I, I think I think even with uh with if you look at, at what Barstool's doing, obviously, like fucking mega, mega interesting company. Fucking I admire it the same way that I admire Complex as a, as, as a network. But if you look at them, like they, they're all trying to do the same thing. Like if you look yep. at, at Barstool, they have the gaming division, right? Yep. Barstool Game Time, I think it's called. And then they have uh, the Barstool Outdoors, yeah, they were Barstool the, Golf. The, the Barstool people were out at, um, they were out at, the Minnesota event, the Call of Duty event mm-hmm. that we were just at, I saw mm-hmm. them. I saw them. I saw them out yeah, there. Yeah, um, yeah the, the gaming people. Yeah, yeah the yeah. gaming people. Um, yeah, one thirty-seven p.m. was also there. Yeah. Uh, Gary V's Gary V's uh, company, which uh, covers sports, gaming, and cannabis. Yeah, you know, I mean, and on the topic of Gary V, I mean, I feel like a lot of the things which he says is true. I mean, it's never been easier than current day to start a business. I mean, the access to not only information but also technology. You know, technology as a whole. I mean, it makes it so much easier to create a startup. I mean, you have things like eBay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he preaches. You know, if you have no money, you can go and buy this from a garage yeah, sale for two dollars and flip it for ten. Yeah. You know, super basic things. Super basic things like that were only possible. You know, to a marginal extent, and only in person-to-person, you know, interfaces yeah, like yeah. garage sales or something like that, back pre-internet. But now, with the internet, you have so much accessibility from, yeah. I mean, different resources, like, etc. From like, yeah, you can create an LLC in a week, in like two weeks. Whereas, you know, beforehand, you'd have yeah. to know the right person, you'd have to file the right paperwork, you'd have to go yeah. to the right buildings, and now, now you, you just go to legalzoom.com or yeah. whatever, and not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. They, they haven't been a sponsor, have they? No, no, no. Okay, but uh, but you also sponsor. Yeah, yeah. but but <laughs> but they get in there. Yeah, I, I, he's right. Right, there, there isn't a a. a, a a better time than to, than today to start a um, a you know your own business. You growing up obviously like you come from a family that very well understands media. Yep. You want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, my dad is CEO and chairman of Great Television, and uh, I guess we invested into Envy and Optic Gaming. Well, Envy. Um, I guess Envy, and then you know I guess with the capital, um, we you know try to bring y'all in, and we found good terms, and we you did. Know, now we are I guess. Trying to take over the entire state of Texas and the globe. Yeah. From an esports standpoint. I mean, you know? I think I think we were, you know, I think Optic, Optic was already there. Yeah. So yeah, after, it was already after, there. after the merger, <laughs> what, the, the, what, what the merger, you know, sort of, uh, what the mergers created the opportunity for was for, you know, a a a bigger opportunity of sorts if you aren't just focused on esports, right. right, and gaming. Yep. Which is, of course, a very very important thing, but to me. 
and you know when when the whole infinite thing happened i think that that was like one of the first initiatives was like yeah like th- th- this this gaming thing is a thing sure of course yeah it's right. big it's gonna be way bigger it's crazy i know awesome yeah but it's it's a youtube thing right it's a social media thing more than anything it is right. the opportunity of the internet that as you just mentioned has created for people to sort of allow people to focus on more than just one thing right, right. you can keep your job and and still make a side gig a side gig until yeah. it becomes the main gig yeah and you shouldn't you should never quit your job to do the side gig until the side gig can at least yeah. get you i don't know at least halfway of what you're making yeah. beforehand i mean you get kind of close and it's like okay maybe I, I could live a little different way and i could focus on this full time and yeah. you know cut costs here cut costs there and try to get this to be the main gig but i mean definitely shouldn't you know stop job in the middle should definitely keep working on it in your free time kind of the same way in which i did with esports i mean i was going to school every day and I was working in the afternoon, I was running ballet and, you know, doing esports every single waking hour. Uh, I guess really the main sacrifice in the situation would be sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, Can I ask you some? Yeah. Obviously like your, 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 your family owns a media company yep. yet you chose to work a regular job, like a valet. You chose to do things. What, what, why not take the, Oh, I mean, you know, I love my parents. They're, you know, the, they're like my best friends. I mean, I talk to them all the time. I mean, my mom's an angel. My dad's amazing. Um, but I mean, you know, they've kind of always preached that I n- need to do things on my own, mm-hmm. et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've got a roof over my head and when I was growing up, I had food on my table and it's like, what more do you need? I've got yeah. education. Yeah. Um, from there it was like, you know, go out there and get it. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they supported me and, you know, whatever my crazy dreams were, I've got, you know, new ideas every day, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, thoughts flowing through my head and, yeah. you know, half of the businesses that I was trying to start, it's not like they knew a lot about them cause well, they didn't exist yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, you know, it was, it was funny cause I was doing ballet in Waco and that's where my family's from. And, you know, there's some people that were like, Oh, I'm not going to tip you. Like yeah. your dad can give you 20 bucks. And yeah. I was like, if you if you think he was giving me twenty bucks, you think I'd be out here sprinting yeah. for your car? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sprinting right there. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah, was, yeah. that was borderline forty yard dash right there. I mean, <laughs> might might go back to the league. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know, man. I just I've never really wanted to. I guess take from them. I just kind of wanted to build my own thing and do my own thing and do whatever I can to help benefit you know those around me, my squad, my family. Mm-hmm. And the people that I care about the best way I can, and so that's kind of always what I've focused on, and whatever could kind of, you know, create that. And I mean, at one point in threes up, it was like, wow, if this blows up and you know, content blows up, and mm-hmm. you know, then maybe I could create a shoe company for my little sister, Got or like it. maybe I could create a dress company for her, and we'd have the audience to be able to you know, do something like that. And, yeah, yeah. You know, it's still in the cards and it's still in the dreams, but I mean, yeah. thankfully, I'm young and they're younger. Yeah. So, um, you know still time for all those things but i mean i just kind of always wanted to build my own thing you know that's good Um, it's commendable man i don't know man i want i want to work for it i don't want i don't want things to be given to me i love it i love Um, it man gotta gotta put in the work you know i'd rather be lucky than good any day but it also turns out that sometimes the harder you work the luckier you can get yeah so it's ironic how that goes you know i i I know i told you this before but like one of the i've known you for so long um and 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 you know you're, you're like a bro you yeah. know what I mean? Like you're, yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. a bro, right? Yeah. Uh, and and as I told you, like no, no no offense, but I I didn't expect you to be on your shit the way that you are on your right. shit. Yeah, you know I what I mean. You're it, very, it, well, no one wants no one wants to hear all the all the business sides of things. You know what I mean? It's a lot yeah. more fun to just like casually like oh yeah yeah, yeah like yeah. all good like just vibing man. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. nice and easy. Um, there's a time and a place for everything. So I mean, 
uh, vibe coordinator here here at Optic, and yep. you know, I don't know, you coordinate the good vibes and the bad vibes. You know, you got to accelerate the good vibes, and then you acknowledge the bad vibes, and then you know, go home and try to fix them, come back, and yeah, yeah, you know, do the thing. So, um, yeah, yeah. So obviously, uh, you, what did you go to college for? What's your what's your uh, major? Corporate communications. Corporate and then communications. I am in getting my master's degree right now in master's in business master's but in business. doing that also like very very part-time taking you know one class at a time just slowly getting it but i will graduate by 2030 guaranteed but it might take a minute yeah well, <laughs> hopefully it, sooner yeah yeah <laughs> well that's good again you know you, you you get to you get to be where you're at you're you're obviously a representative of uh of of the gray investment into that yep. you, you uh you're you're a you're a board member of uh, of Optic, and yep. you're in every single meeting that that matters. Yep. Not that you know, but the, the ones that matter matter, right. right? Where the decisions are made. Yeah. Um. Obviously, like everything that you've done, sort of prepared you for that. College and, and business and corporate communications, obviously, definitely help in that. Um. What is the sort of impact do you that you want to bring for Optic as a you know as it as it continues to grow? I'm just trying to help y'all be. I mean, you pretty much already are, but I'm trying to really help solidify just the absolute number one gaming team in the world. Um, gaming brand, you know, just borderline brand as a whole. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to get y'all more on, you know, broadcast TV here in the near future. Okay. Um, Do you think you know, that that's the, the, there's definitely still a play there, oh, right? Absolutely. Because, I mean, the same people that are watching this are not the same people that would see us on, you know, mainstream media. Correct. Um, and I think that that's super interesting, both from, and I think it benefits everybody because it reaches an entirely different audience. And I think that some of those audience, unless they have kids that yeah. are kind of around the space, probably don't really know too yeah. much about it. I mean, they probably saw, you know, Ninja in the cover of the New York Times, you know, this, that, the other. Ninja's done a ton for the space. Of course. Fortnite's done a ton for the space. Of course. Um, but I mean, before Fortnite and Ninja, I mean, it hadn't really cracked into what is mainstream media. Because I mean, now you've got, you know, Ninja just went for a second time on Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Um, you know, um, I don't think he's done SNL or something like that, but I mean, he's definitely is probably on a short list of people that, you that know, could from the that, gaming that, industry, that, from the I gaming think, industry. Yeah, you could. I mean, who else? Uh, Nick, uh, Nick Merckx, Tim the Tatman, Nick, Nick, Tim, probably maybe Doc. Doctors of Respect for yeah. sure. I'm drinking the drink right now. Game Field Doctors of Respect. What's the name of this? Champion Citrus Cherry. Yeah, it's pretty good. Shouts out the Doc. Yeah, shout out, shout out the Doc, man. Uh, yeah, that's. I think. I think Doc. Doc is a very, very recognizable figure because of like the, he's the, I think one of the first to do the personality. Yeah, the thing. personality. And then he yeah. shows up to those basketball games and he's one, he's like six foot eight. Yeah. Two, he's rocking full on pants, long sleeves, yeah, full on you know, doc, you know, doc borderline doc. bulletproof vest with yeah. the hair and the glasses well, on it's, and it's, never, and it, the headset and the headphones. It's actually him, right? Yeah. Like it's, he's going as Dr. Disrespect. He's going as Dr. Disrespect, yeah. not as, you know, yeah. answer his, his real name. Yeah. <laughs> answer his real name. Um, yeah, I think I think he he'd be another one, but I think again it, it'll it'll continue to sort of grow and develop. Yeah. Right. If 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 you if you look at uh, uh, what Fortnite did, uh, and we were talking about this on the I think at lunch, right? Where the, yep. the, the crossplay was like a big thing that allowed for the the game to blow up as quickly and as uh, as big as it did. Yep. Um, then it didn't matter whether you know you could be on Xbox, PlayStation, or PC. Obviously, PCs are more expensive yeah. than Xboxes yeah. or Playstations. Yeah. And you know, someone gets an Xbox and yeah. someone gets a PlayStation, and well, they you can get never more play. out of it. Like, you could do schoolwork yeah, on your game. Yeah, more right? more accessibility mm -hmm. um, to be able to play with whoever you're trying to play with. And I you know, think that that's it's a yeah. it's a beautiful thing. Where I was going with that is that the, the the more that this happens, the more that people are going to discover video games. I, I 
look, the I'll, I'll give the example of a couple of uh, like a month ago we went to inside courtside at um, at a Mavs game. Yep. And you know people people from the Mavs and people from uh, the Jazz like knew who Scump was right or right. knew who Optic was. Yeah. Um, easily recognizable. They grew up maybe grew up watching them or maybe you know yeah, same, especially same these, age. especially these young dudes in the NBA and stuff yeah. like that. I mean the kids that are 21, 22, 23. Yeah, they I mean, for sure did. Yeah, it's like they they probably did grow up watching to at least yeah. to a certain extent or yeah. at least where they were definitely one hundred percent exposed. Ben Simmons, right? Yeah. Uh, the the day that he that he got recruit the, the day that he got drafted. By the 76ers, I was at the draft in New yep. York at at um at the Barclays Center, I think nice. it's called, and I was sitting there and I was recording him. He's in my vlog as he gets drafted in my vlog, in person he gets you know I'm recording him get drafted. Um, later that night, J Cap texts me and he's like, "Yo, follow this dude Ben Simmons. Uh, he fucks with with gaming super heavy." So I follow Ben. And immediately he's you know, he's like, "Yo, thanks for the follow." And I'm like, "Yo, I, was, I just you were in the, you were in the vlog." literally yesterday or two days ago right. like being drafted he's like yeah that's crazy man i've been watching you guys for a long time i actually tried out for optic when i was 13 years old yeah. and i have i mean i it's in my dms right yeah. like it's literally like i try out i'm like that's pretty cool so yeah. now you you see these these like the, these people who become like mega important personalities right. in their own respect to space whether it's you know NBA, NFL, baseball. Yeah. Right. We had uh, you know Willie Calhoun has been at the Hex Wars play for seven hours for I mean a while ago, right? But yeah, like, and then like Dalton Dalton Schultz, Dalton was Schultz out, he was out, out here to on that, the podcast, that's my dude. and then he was at the he yeah. was at the major. That he was I'm at the saying, major. That. And I was hanging out with him the whole time. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah, great dude. Awesome dude. So it, it 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 sort of is going to start to become like a a thing, right? Yeah. Like more than a thing than it is right now, right? Because yeah. obviously you look at Face, you look at Juju Smith, you look at who's yeah, the, the lines are going to get blurred and everything's going to start kind of meshing yeah. together yeah, even yeah, more yeah. so than it already is. And yeah. every day that goes by, I mean, you know, some of these people that may be watching right now, you know, may turn into you know the yeah. next Luka Doncic or the next you know yeah. LeBron James, who knows? You if know. you are one of these people and you believe yourself to be a super athlete or a super actor or a super singer, let me know. You know yeah. what I mean? Let's let's start <laughs> yeah, yeah. let's start the relationship early and then grow and, yeah, and, and, yeah, and get then this, grow it up. get this really popping. Yeah, yeah. Um I, I wanted to I wanted to uh to touch on something else before before we go. Um oh, what was it? Okay, so you 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 obviously have a, a lot of uh You've been traveling a lot, right? You, yep. tra you travel a lot, almost more than, I think way more than me now, even at my peak, right? What's your travel schedule looking like nowadays? Exactly right now, I'm I'm here for a little bit, but okay. I was probably only in Texas probably maybe 20 days in all of January, February, March, and April, which is not that much. I was, flew probably like 80 to 100,000 miles during that time. So I, I'm not I'm not counting, but it's yeah. definitely, definitely a lot. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I was traveling two to three times a week minimum. So aside from the optic, thing right yeah. well, what other projects are you, are you currently working um, on you know i work a lot with one of our production companies uh tupelo honey they're one of the largest uh live sports production companies in the u.s they um, just uh, hosted the, the yeah minx they fight. actually they actually just did minx's fight yeah, um, yeah. i haven't even talked to minx about that because i didn't know that i didn't know that they were producing it until it was actually actually happening um but you know we do a lot of stuff i guess technically for you know some of the stuff for the nfl for a couple of the teams yeah um and a bunch of other you know live sports things you know trying to get more into the esports space and produce more of the esports stuff. Um, just because I love the industry, I've been in the industry and you know want to see it thrive and the best way that it can. And you know, also shouts out you know esports engine, the other production company in the in you know the U.S. Yeah. I guess really no, the, the world that does yeah. you know, esports production. 
but just kind of working on a whole bunch of different deals. Um, one of the things that I can talk about is we're building, you know, one point about 1.1 million square feet of studio space in Atlanta for film and TV production. Yeah. Um, and we've teased, you know, an esports stadium out there. Um, and so, you know, trying to just, you know, grow the entire space as a whole, like the entire category of like what is esports and what is competitive video gaming, like for mainstream media, for, for mainstream media, yeah. and for people that don't already know, because yeah. you don't, we don't have to educate the people that you know already know all the people and are watching all the tournaments. Yeah, we need yeah, to educate yeah. the people that you know, aren't doing that. Yeah. that. That, hey, like these things are actually happening. Like, yes, you can make money playing video games. Like, yes, you can make a career doing this. And I think that that in turn will then change the stigma of like, you know, how parents see, see it when their kids are playing games. And then, you know, eventually you'll have kind of like a generational switch where like, you know, it is, it is an actual thing the same way that like a kid would grow up trying to be in the NBA and shooting hoops every day. Of course. You know, someone may want to be scum. And a you know, lot they're, of they're gonna, I want to be scum. Yeah, I want shit. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, leave a like if you too want to be scum. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that it just kind of as time goes on and, you know, as we keep putting in the work every single day, I think that, you know, that stigma can and will change mm -hmm. um, to where, you know, it's just seen differently. Because, like, if there are those parents that are, you know, 25, 26, 27, 28, that grew up watching, you know, this type of content, you know, those kids are eventually going to show up to these events and, you know, there's a higher chance that yeah. you know those people will be more down for their kids to be trained to be a pro gamer and you know streaming at a younger age than football getting you, you know, their football. brains knock out of knock, yeah exactly because like there was no world that yeah. i was gonna you know go to the nfl you know what i mean I, I like to lift weights and do all that kind of stuff but i mean not i'm not trying to you know put my body on the line every day yeah, and i mean yeah. shout out to those that do because i i cannot shout out to i those cannot warriors, do it, literal know? warriors i put my i put my body on the line when i go into the gym but that's that's about as far as i can go and that's all in my control so i put my body on the line when it's time to eat you yeah know yeah, I mean? yeah. Um, well, me too <laughs> me too me too <laughs> yeah, we, we brought up scum because he just walked by yeah, um, yeah. Dude, thank you so much for co for coming on. It's, yeah, uh, man, absolutely. It's been a long time coming. Uh, obviously, whether whether or not we were doing this, we were working together. I think that you, you're definitely one of the people that I want to have on because, you know, you 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 played your role in early Call of Duty, and that to me is always going to be one of those those situations where like you you have to document and keep the 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 names of the people who helped this thing become what it is today yep. always in the forefront like the, the, this this has to be studied in the future will be studied in the future so we have to do our job as the people participating in it to make sure that we elevate the people who didn't necessarily get the the same sort of limelight that other people did so right. uh, i appreciate you coming on thank oh, you well, for optic man I'm, I'm blessed and happy to be here you know i hope to come back again one day and Amen. i hope y'all enjoy make sure y'all smash that like button i mean yeah yeah let them know su man. super important super, super important. important uh anyway all of his information is gonna be in the description down below make sure to follow him um thanks again and if you don't have anything else we'll no, say man. our goodbyes today thanks so much for tuning in if you guys enjoyed the podcast i one remind you that esports awards is going to be coming up it's the time of the year so remember to keep the votes at the top of mind because i'm not gonna when it comes down to, when it comes down to the actual voting time we shut up optic doesn't doesn't we don't we anytime that there's a uh the bracket of uh the team bracket like we never yeah. promote that we always yeah. win it because the green wall don't fucking play yeah right they're gonna vote they don't play but we we never ever ever vote out there you know what i'm saying sethi Anyways. Anyway, <laughs> that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. Goodbye. Peace.